Hello, I'm Matt White and this is Fodder, the food and drink podcast for Greater Manchester. This week we are dedicating Fodder to the Manchester Food and Drink Festival. I love it every year it comes round and I look forward to getting down to Albert Square for 11 days. Albert Square becomes the festival hub. It's uh, like a pop-up food village. There's the Wainwright Festival Bar, there's a street food fair, there's a wine bar, live entertainment, producer markets. It's open every day from noon, running till late, and the best thing is it's absolutely free. Lots of things happening, not just in the uh, Festival Hub, but also across Manchester. Lots of big names in food and drink taking part too. Nadia Hussein, who's the Bake Off winner. Aidan Byrne from Manchester House. And Nacho Manzano, the three Michelin-starred executive chef at Iberica down in Spinning Fields. All of these guys doing stuff at the festival. To find out more, go to the website, foodanddrinkfestival.com. Um, I've picked two of my favourite events this year to talk about specifically in these podcasts. Coming up, we're going to hear from uh, ex-MasterChef finalist Jackie Kearney. She's going to be doing an experimental vegan banquet. But before we talk to her, I want to uh, talk about Adam Reed. Big fan of Adam Reed. He's the head chef at the French, doing some very exciting things down there. And he's going to be putting on an incredible event in the Festival Hub. Now, I met up with him recently in the refuge at the Palace Hotel. And we began by talking about his current place in the BBC's Great British Menu. He's made it through to the finals, but has he actually sat down and seen himself on the telly? Yeah, well, I watched it. I kind of watched it current. So we're we're shut on the Monday, so I always have Monday off. So obviously I watched the starter, sat with my wife. I I banned the rest of my family from uh, coming round. It was literally me and my wife. My son was in bed. Uh, so if, if anything went wrong or I looked a bit stupid, I could uh, I could sit there and sulk in, in peace. And how was it watching yourself back? Because, I mean, I know, I, I've, you know, I didn't even like listening back to myself. I was mm. finding it a bit weird. Uh, yeah, it's, it is weird. Um, pretty painful, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, we, we did a documentary and we opened the French um, along with Manchester House. And, and I made a mistake then of watching it with close relatives and things. <laughs> so it's a bit awkward. <laughs> I learned from the mistakes this time um, so it's kind of that feeling when you listen to yourself on the answer phone you know and, and yeah. you're like I don't sound like that yeah. I, I sound much more manly and, and you know beefier than that but no um, so yeah this time I, I just I, I wanted to watch it because obviously you want to see how you come across um, and I needed to be able to talk to people about what happened in the show because obviously we film all day every day was so, it long ago that it was filmed or uh, quite a while ago yeah 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 because they, they change the scheduling so it's supposed to be out earlier this year but got put back so obviously it's all pre-filmed um, but then when you get to the edit each show is like in the regional is a half hour show and we were filming you know we get picked up in the taxi at six in the morning and then we get dropped off again at about 11 long so day. it's a lot of, yeah it's a lot of filming there so for them to break that down and really for you to see how you come across it's it's all in their hands so it's it, it was interesting to actually watch the show I remember speaking to Mary Ellen McTague um, and she was telling me because she did it a couple of years mm-hmm. ago but mm-hmm. she said that she didn't enjoy the process because there was too much pressure for her to kind of be confrontational and you know yeah. get a bit arsy with the other chefs but but you seem to be doing all right you're just coming across as being pretty laid back uh, well yeah I mean it's mainly because I am pretty laid back <laughs> it is all about it but 
as well, you know, I kind of I knew I know Matt anyway, so you know we get we we get on quite Matt well. Matt was the other chef. That yeah, was sorry, on. Matt Warswick. So so one of the other regional um, contestants. We we go we go back and and you know I know him anyway, so we have a bit of banter anyway. Uh, we'd never met Kim before, but then she she's quite a, a personable person, yeah. so to speak. So uh, we 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 just had natural banter in the kitchen. And if you go in, you know, when they start the film, basically, you know, they're a TV production company. They're looking for a certain, um, you know, image to come across on TV. For they want their, to get a story yeah, out of it as well. It's a competition, yeah. so they want to be competitive. So you can either go in and try and fight against it, or you can you can go with it and and, and do that. So, you know, it was like hearted banter between me, Matt, and Kim. Um, but we stuck a few, you know, we stuck a few knives in there, you know, where where we could. You know, I was Matt. You know, there was a scene on the dessert where Matt was was saying he did apple crumble last year and bombed out with it. So I just put the point across that well, I was just going to do it. I was going to do it properly this year, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And, uh, and 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 as it turned out, I, I did. Fortunately. Yeah. Let's let's talk about that for a minute because I mean, all your courses were great, and we'll find out how people can eat it in a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But your dessert, ten out of ten. Yeah. Well, well, not a fill, not off the uh, off the guest judge, which was a bit of a disappointment for me because you know, being uh, when you look up to people in the industry. And you have your peers, you want to try and like really wow them. So Phil wasn't, he was there, but I think he was a bit reluctant to give it a 10. Um, but then, yeah, we got through to the judges, and uh, if you saw it, I mean, Prue wanted to give it more than 10, which was, you know, I, I knew it was a, a, a good dish, um, but to, to actually blow them away like that, I was, I was quite surprised. What's that like, that? Because I always think, so when the, your, your fellow chefs are tasting it and you're getting your scores, I always think that looks quite pressurised and a bit tense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you go through to the main judges, yeah. I mean, that looks a bit intense. Yeah, well, and, and, and they set it up to be like that. You know, you stood, you stood at the other end of the room like while the they're sat boy, down. Man. Yeah, like you stood in front of the, uh, the detention board at school or something. You know, and you're about to get told how, how terrible you are as a chef. But... Um, yeah, and you do get, you know, you do get criticism and, and feedback from them. But in the same respect, you get, you know, when, when they like something, they tell you they like it. So to, to get to the end of it and be told how how much they love that dessert, you know, see the four tens flash up is is yeah, it was a special moment, man. Well, we were watching that dessert, just thinking, <laughs> man, I want to try that dessert. And you, you just told me now we can. We, you're going to put yeah. this menu on. Yeah, well, actually, you, you can have the whole menu. Um, we put it on as as strictly a lunch um, offer because obviously I, I, I was designing dishes and a menu to tie in with um, the, the Great British menu as, as a contest yeah. to fit the brief so even though I was cooking in the in the style and the and, and the way that we would in the French um, or I would in the French the dishes themselves aren't exactly representative of what we do so we, we've put it on so people can experience it but it's, it's strictly at lunch um, but obviously the apple is part of that menu the dessert so if you if you even if you only want to have the menu the, the dessert come along and try the whole thing oh can you come in and just have one course uh, not at the moment right. but you know we'll, we'll go with it we don't really know how it's going to pan out to be honest I, I well you know you try and use great british menu to show your competence as, as a chef etc because um, it's a competition at the end of the day and to try and drive the um no People, you know, people's awareness of your restaurant, but then what we're actually trying to show is is the quality of cooking you can get at the French. It's not specifically those dishes. So, what we'd like to hope is that people are coming in because of how, you know, interesting our, our main product is, yeah. and drive that forward. Putting the menu, the GBM menu, is on just a bit of fun, really, to, to let people see it. Now, at this stage, as we're sat here in the refuge talking, um, 
we don't know. It's not being on the television yet. At what what yeah. stage you got to, how far you've got. So we obviously can't say anymore. So we'll we'll kind of we'll leave it here for now. Yes, well, leave it here. But definitely, you know, if anybody wants to, you know, is into interested in British menu, definitely tune in because it's going to be a really good finals week. I know that you know we've already filmed it, but the, the the cooking on there is exceptional. You've got all the the guys who won each region, so it's the creme de la creme, and and it's a real. I haven't seen the edit yet, but from the film, and it's going to be a really good week. Okay, man, and then we'll come back and talk to you as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, before you go, so we've talked about the fact that they can come and taste the Great Bridge menu at yep. the restaurant, but uh, your involvement with the Manchester Food and Drink Festival. Yep. Uh, this is kind of you going out on your own, isn't it, showcasing your talents? Absolutely, and again, it's 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 to show what what we can do, and to show how versatile and 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 how how much quality there is in our cooking, but not really to show it's not exactly the same products as you get in the restaurant. We're going to be cooking in a tent, as we've said before. I'm going to be wheeling my barbecue around. I've been told I can have it now, so and that was the crux of everything. So, yeah, it's it's about showing the the diversity, but the overall product that we have in the French, which is the food. You know, you can come in and have a a, a lovely dinner in a lovely setting, but the real quality behind what we do at the French is 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 the standard of cooking. Um, and this is three days. You're going to be in the festival hub yeah, in Albert Square. Yeah, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night. Um, I've had to set it up because of, of how specific it's going to be and, and cooking out of out of the venue and trying to do something a bit different uh, with the barbecue etc. Um, it's 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 split into sit-ins, so there's going to be three sit-ins of, of ten per person. So it's a very social event. So ten of you will come in and you'll all sit together, whether you know each other or not. You'll all have the same course at the same time. And again, it's a very set menu, so I, it, it's difficult to cater for many dietaries in those terms. So. Um, yeah, it's a bit unfortunate in that terms, but you know, it, it's it's more about coming and, and seeing seeing what what we're offering at, at purely at that time. It's more the the experience of probably seeing me go down. To be fair, like with my barbecue and burn a load of stuff. But oh well, you know, hopefully not. <laughs> oh man, that just sounds good to me. I'm into it. I'm going to get my ticket. To get yours, go to the website foodanddrinkfestival.com. And places are limited for this, by the way. So I'd go and do it now. Uh, right, the other highlight for me has got to be the experimental vegan banquet. Now, let me make this perfectly clear. I am not, and probably could never be, a vegan. However, I've eaten Jackie Kearney's vegan food before, and trust me, it's bang on. Jackie was a finalist on MasterChef back in 2011, and you may well know her as the Hungry Gecko, one of the best street food traders around. I had a drink with Jackie at the Refuge, and we talked about her Manchester Food and Drink Festival banquet, but also about her busy year. I wrote a book. Um, you know, we went travelling before, prior to MasterChef. Me and my family had gone travelling, and I'd had that whole experience of... Of, of being on the road for a year with my family and learning about learning about different foods and different cuisines and, and the book kind of just brought together all the foodie stuff I've been doing since after MasterChef with street food and then just with the story of the journey of, 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 of us travelling and coming across those dishes, you know, and all my favourite foods from, as the book says, from India to Indonesia. So, so this was your first book? Yes. How did you find the process? I loved it. Did you? Absolutely loved it. Honestly, <laughs> I came home, I was so excited. 
for a start, my photographer was Claire Winfield. And when you work with someone and people who are really, really talented creatively, I've never had that experience before. I worked in the public sector in research, it's all quite dry and boring. Yeah. So to work creatively with a photographer like that and a food stylist like Emily Kidd, she does like all Yotamotalengi stuff now. You know what I mean? These guys are so talented. And, I, I, and I, I'd come out of the studio and I'd just be like buzzing, you know, thinking, oh my God, I love it. I want to do this for a living. I was like, how can I do this for a living to the publishers? <laughs> so the book's out there. Yeah. Um, it's called Vegan Street Foods. Yeah. I just found out today it's won uh, Cookbook of the Year from Peter UK. No way, literally today. Literally oh, congratulations. Today. Thank you very much. Thank you. Oh, I man, just found that's out great, yeah. like an hour ago. Yeah. I couldn't have worked out any better for this, could I? I know, I know, brilliant. So what's what's next then? Do you do? Another, are you already thinking about doing another one now? I'm, I'm, I've just almost come to the end of writing my next one. Wow! I've spent the summer away. I took two months off. I went to North America. I went to Canada and down the east, down the west coast and up the east coast of the states and ate an awful lot of food, put on a serious amount of weight. All for research. Like, all for yeah, research. Yeah, yeah. I came home and I went back to my kickboxing class. And I was like, my instructor looked at me and I was tapped my stomach and I was like, it's all donuts, this, you know, voodoo donuts. <laughs> Brilliant. So it's all, um, it's all street food, isn't it? But, but specifically vegan street food. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my, well, my first, uh, my first book is, uh, my second book's going to be a little bit of street food, but there'll be other kinds of vegan food in there as well. Okay. It's like I'm going to be broadening that out a bit. You know, um, this is why I went to America, because the vegan food culture in the West Coast is and not just in the states but in canada as well british columbia the vegan food culture is amazing it's so experimental it's so it really pushes the boundaries in terms of what they serve you as as a plant-based food it's amazing it, it blew my mind some of the places i ate matt seriously i was I, I was my jaw hit the floor i really was that blown away with it well, that's you know. what we need you to bring it back here for us then. Well, we? that's what this banquet I'm doing for Manchester Food and Drink's been about. I said to Alexa, look, because she said, what menu are you going to do? And I said, look, I'm going away this summer. I said, let me let me take on like all of this stuff and then come back and do a dinner that gives me a chance to play with some of those ideas of things that I saw and things that I produced that I got into, you know. And so that's where um, a lot of the ideas for the dishes have come from. So this is, uh, exclusively for the Manchester Food and Drink oh, Festival, yeah, a yeah, six-course banquet. Yeah, a complete one-off six-course banquet. What can you tell us? I know you don't want to reveal too much. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm going to be doing a take on a, a dish I had at Crossroads Kitchen in LA. So this is where all the celebs go. Okay, so I went so sceptical I cannot tell you how sceptical I was when I walked in that restaurant well because I just thought it's all going to be hype isn't it it's not going to taste good it's just going to all believe you know it'll be hype over substance because often you know vegan food can be a big letdown you know I'm not going to like hold my hands up and say oh yeah it's always good it isn't and I went to this place and it just blew me away and this dish that really blew me away was um so they did this take on like Rockefeller oysters using globe artichokes and it was the cleverest dish. So I'm having a go at my own version of that, but with some little twists that I learned at some roadside stops actually in Northern California where I just fell in love with the produce up there, the globe artichokes, the avocados like butter. Um, I had a raw dessert, again, this came to the table. My skepticism was levels were looking very high. And I took a mouthful of this dish. I was with my kids at the time. They'd flown out to meet me in LA. And uh, we all just looked at each other in stunned silence and were just like, wow, 
these you know I might not always like American culture I don't you know what I mean it's not always for me but in terms of food and fusion food and what they do with produce I think because people are prepared to pay more for food there it's I had some really really great great food down the west coast I really did and veganisms they've got it right over they've there they've got it right they've but got what, it right what about here now I mean there's a guy is it Matthew Nutter yes. who's just opened he's doing yes. great things ah yes you see this is it we've got seeds of it in Manchester and you know the key thing and this is I'm really going to say this now people need to go to his restaurant people need to go to <clears throat> when there are opportunities to eat like this they have to support restaurants like this because otherwise we won't get to keep them you know and that's the thing is they people have got to set aside any sort of prejudices they might have yeah. and and go and try this kind of food you know before there haven't there have been limited options i think you know with with greens in didsbury they've recently really stepped it up i think with their menu they've really changed it to be a lot more fusion a lot more modern dining and I think those opportunities have been few and far between, but we have to support them when they're there, if they're good, yeah. if we want to keep them, you and, know. And this is it's the allotment in Stockport, the by the way, the name Stockport, of it. Yeah. Yes, so, yes. Uh, yeah, so yeah, go I've down. not had a chance to go myself yet. I, do, I, I am planning to go. I've been uh, so busy since I got back from the States. So, um, but I am looking forward to trying that. Um, and I think, you know, I think there's going to be, I'm currently working for, uh, as a consultant for a, um, in London for a new vegan restaurant. I cannot give anything more away than okay. that. Because this I'll is down in London me. though, yeah, not Manchester. Know, Get but, one here. I know, but if it's successful. Then you can bring it to yes, us. Yes, exactly. So yeah, plant-based food, it's, it's a big thing. Um, they, do you know the thing is though, it's been normalized. What I wouldn't like to see here, though, and is they have also gentrified it mm. in LA. Um, so that of a lot, have. yes, of course yeah. they have. You know, and it's just kind of it's quite inaccessible to some of the food, and 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 I found that um, it was confusing for me because you think, well, plant-based food it feeds such a large proportion of the world, and it should be accessible, yeah. and. And so I felt like that sort of gentrification, while some of that food was mind-blowingly good, I hope that if plant-based food becomes more popular, that we've got a bit of both. So you've got the dining, but also, you know, the accessible good eats that are plant-based. Well, I think what you're doing is a good chance for not just people that are perhaps already vegans and want to come and try it, but people, I mean, this is a good way to try good, yes. massively yes. great vegan food. Yes, it? yes, for sure, for sure. I mean, I am putting so much work if this was menu was in a restaurant it would be costing far more this is a very no it really the amount of time i've put into but not be it's because i want to learn i'm learning through doing this i've been i've come back with ideas or things i've seen when i've been away and thought right how do i do that you know and i've been practicing and learning to how to create with new techniques for things and it's, it's really exciting i find it really exciting for more details how to get tickets on Jackie Kearney's incredible sounding experimental vegan banquet, go to foodanddrinkfestival.com. Now, I just want to take a moment to declare a kind of a conflict of interest. I am a massive fan of the Manchester Food and Drink Festival and all the guys there do an incredible job year after year of putting it on. Phil, Siobhan, Alexa, plus many others. Uh, but I also have a very small part to play. Um, every year for the last six years, I have co-hosted the award ceremony, the gala dinner, which is held right at the end of the festival. And we give out the awards for the Manchester Food and Drink Awards. And it's a great event. It's always very boozy. Lots of chefs, lots of waitresses, lots of barmen, 
all getting together, all having a night off on a Monday, um, getting levered. So it gets a little bit raucous. This year, it's going to be held at the Palace Hotel in Manchester City Centre, which is where I recorded the interviews for this podcast in The Refuge. Now, if you haven't been to The Refuge yet, you need to get down there. It's been done by the team behind Volta in West Didsbury, known to some as the DJs, the Unabombers, and known to others as Luke Cowdery and Justin Crawford. Now, whilst I was there, I managed to grab just a very quick chat with a very busy Luke about how the opening's been. Relentless. Um, it's not even necessarily the hours, which is, you know, a lot. It's just uh, lots of plate spinning from kitchen, menus, food, staff, front of house, booze, um, logistics, everything. So, it's, it's you know, we're, we're out of our comfort zone on another level. It's, um, it's Sheffield United at Wembley. Uh, against Man United, Ronaldo's playing. It's '92, and uh, we're still limping, uh, but we're doing all right. But it's we are not in a place where you can relax. And I've not had a lion since uh, since the '80s. No, since about uh, February. So uh, yeah, we're deep in it, but it's good. I mean, it is big. I mean, this it's bigger than both your other two places put together. Oh my God, this is well, it's ten thousand square foot. I think we could Jesus fit ten of our places in here. So we've got restaurant. Well, we're calling it a dining room because we don't want it to. We don't want it poncy, we don't want it too thought about. It's somewhere we're hoping people return regularly, so we've democratised it in terms of the feel and, and the menu. Um, public bar, which by its daily name, we want people in here not... We're, we're part of the hotel, but we're also uh, completely separate. So we want nice bit of people coming in, not from the hotel. Yeah, so, so that's the message you need to get across, really, isn't it? That it's not well, just a, a we're residence not, We're bar. not a hotel. Uh, we are separate from the hotel and we happen to be next to the hotel and if they come in that's fabulous but we want people from Manchester who live a local to come in here have a pint have a brew and as I said we have a public bar we have a winter garden which is afternoon tea and vermouths and gins and fizz a den which is kind of a breakout area new word brackets sounds a bit corporate further brackets it probably isn't um <laughs> street at the back which is kind of like um it's beautiful it, you feel like you're in venice or it's, it's gorgeous you know so it's big and it's uh, it's a real challenge but at the same time uh the size i think will, will be what makes it because it's so opulent and beautiful that you feel it feels special but we're trying to rough it up a bit and not necessarily go along with that opulence but to almost have a, a yin and yang with it and have it a bit more you can come and have a brew have a great coffee have brunch stay all day if you want eat some food which you know like the people's lunch it's seven and a half quid yeah, yeah. it's quick as express it's not trying to be reinventing the wheel um so and it's local and there's no nonsense with uh anything other than that really the, the phrase I keep seeing banded about quite a lot which I like is come as you are well for me you know I go to a lot of openings and without being facetious it you know it feels like a room full of sex tourists and um, I want to have a place where it is very mixed there's a gay crowd and there's hipsters there's some of the yeah some of the Cheshire crowd do go in but I Manchester gets very tribal now and again and I don't want it to be um, uh, segregated it feel like if, if you know the Cheshire girls Cheshire car go to Dean's Gate there's the spinning fields I mean I, I find it too segregated so hopefully it's, it's, it's uh, it, it sounds pretentious but hopefully it's not we want to unite the clans a bit and just make it feel 
relaxed and um, but we don't want people to if they want to dress up then fantastic but if you want to come in trainers then we have the, it's dog friendly this is a, you know it's um, we are trying to get the price point right so you come in for a pint it's the same as an independent bar in the northern quarter it's the same as Volta the food we're pricing exactly the same so yeah it's trying to not be um, we don't want it to be full of wags we don't want it just to be full of one type of people. We want it to be, to, but if folks want to come in here, fantastic. But there will be some scruffy fuckers in here as well. So. <laughs> the, the space that you've got out there, the kind of the public bar area, when I've come in here, and it's been a couple of times now since you opened, it's, it's had the feeling that the space right opposite the old corner house used to have, where there's people just sat there kind of nursing their latte but on their laptops yeah, well and we, having it. You know, we're big enough uh, and old enough for people to come in all day and have one cup of coffee and sit on their computer. I'm probably going to get told off for that, but it's you can lose yourself in here. I, I mean, funnily enough, I arrived in Manchester 30 years ago today uh, and actually drank in the corner house. It was the opening of Freshers Week. Me and Justin had come to Manchester Polytechnic, Powers of the People, pre university, uh, better colour of people, and um, it was where you hung out and I, yeah that's exactly what if we if we achieve what the cornhouse did in terms of a, you know people hanging out there then that would be a great thing uh, so yeah i think it's an all day kind of hangout where people can co-work and just you know you don't have to have a, the full package here you can just come in and sit in and you know i went to hoxton hotel in amsterdam with the missus we, we just walked past i didn't even know it existed there and it was fantastic you kind of it was such a great feel you just end up staying there all day uh, and it felt bad it was a British brand in Amsterdam which was amazing but it was so good we ended up having a cocktail there and brunch an evening meal we hung out a bit had some drinks and it's so I hope that's really what we want we don't want to be a hotel residence bar that feels stiff and have a fine dining restaurant in the corner with three coarse sequence white linen French waiters overfilling your wine glass we want it to be a, a bit of a hangout really that's Luke from the Refuge at the Palace Hotel. And if you haven't been down there yet, you need to get down. It's incredible. The food's good, the drink's good, and it is just such a beautiful place. And you never know, if you're going to be at the gala dinner for the Manchester Food and Drink Festival, which is being held at the Palace Hotel, I may see you. Um, it looks like it's going to be another top festival. Lots of exciting things happening, as usual. And the Festival Hub in Albert Square is always great. Remember, that is free to get in, open daily, from 12 noon and as I've been banging on about throughout this podcast for more information go to the foodandrinkfestival.com might see you at the festival hub ta-ra <laughs> <laughs>